Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds, to another episode of You're Gonna Die Out There. Possibly episode 101, question mark? We're not sure. We're not sure. I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, I'm sitting across from my co-host, Jen. This is Megan, obviously. Hello. Hello. I feel like we should share a little something-something that happened this past week. Yeah, we figure you guys are getting tired of us talking about weather. Weather Weather-related events. Mm -hmm. It's an El Nino, Jen. It is. Well, remember, if any of you listened to the past episodes, we did Mm -hmm. say that the NOAA Weather Service said there would be about, what, five to eight storms? Every week, something like that? Yeah. 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 So One a week. <laughs> one a week. But you know, uh, what's been happening, because I look at the weather a lot, mm-hmm. is that they're forming over us and on us. Mm-hmm. And then they move to the Philippines, and Philippines has been getting slammed. And I actually saw that on right. like the world news. Yeah. But we got one. Yeah, last week. I know. It was called... Believe Bolovin. Bolovin. Is that what it was called? Bolovin. 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 Like, Bolovin. don't stop. Bolovin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some memes locally. It was great. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I think everybody was in some kind of weird state from the Typhoon Mawar, right? Yeah, the one. So we had the this big one in May. Mm-hmm. That was real bad. And people... Megan didn't have power for at least a month. 25 days. 25 days. Well, it might have been more than 25 days, but I remember at 25 days, my son was like, (laughs) made some joke at your house, right? (laughs) Where you said something, you were like, you said something to him and then he was like, yeah, try having, not having power for 25 days or something. Yeah. Some some sassy He was, he was sassy and I was like... You're using my internet and my power right now. Get over Quiet it. your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't uh, have water for quite a while. You had yeah, water. We had water. But yeah, it was, everybody is like a little, still a little traumatized. They were. I would uh, say. All of the paper towels, all of the paper towels in the grocery store that we both go to was empty. Oh, like, yeah. No more. But what else was gone? There, there was like, some madness, getting gas. There was bread? lines, getting there, gas, no, getting water. No bread. Zero bread. I was like, what? This is insane. There, I did find like there was still before. toilet paper. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> There's still toilet. That was good. But um, luckily, it looked like it would be a lot stronger than it was. Yes. So it went faster. So it was moving really slow. And when they move slow, they build. Build. They speed. build it up. They build up speed and they get worse. But luckily, lifting. it started moving quicker. And then yeah. it went further north. Mm-hmm. So it ended up going between Rhoda and Tinian, which I guess is the best scenario because it didn't hit any land. Right. The eye didn't. Right. And I think that for us, it felt like... It was just windy. It was just a lot. So much rain. It was, a lot of was rain and really like, wow, windy. there's a lot of rain. Yeah. And then your husband came over here uh-huh. in the middle of the storm... <laughs> With his mom, who is a badass. And his son. Our and his, son. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like super crazy typhoon, but there were still like some typhoon force winds. Yeah. They were out there digging. Just the in, their, in their slippers, in their Zoris, in their flip-flops. Out <laughs> with machetes. With machetes and like yeah. a rake. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. digging the ditch. Like no no big deal. No B- NBD. And I was just inside like Hardcore. on the phone with you. Yeah. Like, should I, should I go outside? You're like, no, don't go outside. Just let them do. And I'm like, but. But it feels really, they're like out there and you're like, just, it's fine. They're fine. fine. They wanted to do it. And your, your mother-in-law wearing her lava lava. Yeah. Not even like pants or just 
full on lava lava local attire for the island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but earlier, or the day before that, right, right. He, my husband, had gone to Home Depot to the pick best. up just not even storm preparedness type stuff. He was yeah. just getting regular he, stuff. He's like, let me just. Get, I need some nails. <laughs> yeah. this I don't know what he was getting, but it wasn't <laughs> anything. So he was leaving the store, and the local news station was interviewing people, and they interviewed mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And the clip that they put in, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not worried about it. You're totally not. You're underselling it because what." <laughs> In the news clip, the best part of it was that they first they interview a guy who's like, yeah, you know, we're we are gonna we're really worried about the storm. We're making sure we got a generator. We got this. We got that. Da, 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 da. Right. Like, we're really they prepping. sold out of generators. Yeah, like quick early. Yeah. yeah. And then they were like other <laughs> other people in the island, like a resident uh, from Mingalau, resident John Blank. You know, like he <laughs> is not worried. <laughs> Some people aren't. Oh, that's what it was. And there he was with his shades. Yeah, he's just standing there, like with his shades, looking out into the distance. Like, yeah, you know, we got. No, actually, he told me that that the camera was behind him, but he was talking to the. the, Oh, she was on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So he was actually talking, but it looks like he's just looking away. (laughs) Like he doesn't. He gives no shits. Like he's like, whatever. (laughs) uh, Look, yeah, there's a storm coming. He's like, we've got water. We have a generator. We have a concrete house. We have all these things. And I mean, honestly, we were kind of like, you know what? We're fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it couldn't be worse than, than Marwar, because it could be. It could be. But we kind of knew this wasn't going to be that bad. It felt like... But the build-up to it, right? Yeah, there was a lot of build-up. There's a lot of build-up to it. People were... And because of Marwar, people who are on, like, all these Facebook chat groups that I, like, creep, like, stalk and stuff uh-huh. were losing their freaking minds. Well, and I bet, I mean, all over, every, you know, throughout the globe... Yeah. People are having a lot of, you know, trauma. Well, P- weather trauma. <laughs> yeah. All over. Yeah. Flooding, yes. droughts, you know, all kinds. There's the so things. much stuff happening. And I'm sure everybody's feeling the same thing in their own way. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I love it. Anyway, but so that's why we're a little delayed. But here we are. We, we made it. We're pulling it together. <laughs> you know, we well, didn't want to <laughs> keep blaming. I mean, it, you know, weather events because the school's closed. Work was closed. It was like snow days for those kids. Yeah, it was. My son was like, when's the typhoon coming? It's already over. I <laughs> <laughs> was like, it was yesterday. He was like, wow. I was like, you have another day off school. Yeah. He had like a six day weekend. Did you lose power? We only lost power yesterday. During just rain, regular, regular rain. Normal, there was no wind. Just no rain. wind. Yeah, there was yeah. some thunder, and then we lost power for, which I feel like I still attribute to the fact that somebody stole a generator from Guam Power Authority recently. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, we're back. I have a house story. I'm excited for your story. I posted on Instagram a little teaser. You did. You and did. No one knew what it was going to be. I love it. But now we have more ideas. <laughs> now, yeah, so you're like, oh, you should do you should do something on quicksand. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. So this one's on the Bermuda Triangle. I'm so stoked, Jen. Because why not? Because why not? Because no one's really <laughs> talking about the Bermuda Triangle anymore. But actually, they are talking about it. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the fact that nobody's talking about it. That's what I've been seeing. Oh, interesting. There's there's articles in IFL Science. That was like, why is nobody talking about the Bermuda Triangle anymore? And then there was memes like I posted. Right, right. Like, I thought this would be a thing when I was a kid. Yeah. 
But it's not. Everybody talked about it. Well, you know what it is, is that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are together, and that's what everybody's talking about right now. Right. And I guess, you know, and somebody else was like, yeah, I thought quicksand would be a thing. Right. But let me tell you, it actually is a thing, and one of us is going to do a story yeah, about it. I'm Because it is a <laughs> thing, but that, we that just don't a, hear about it. That was a huge fear of mine when I was like five. Oh, for sure. Is this quicksand? <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. In your house. Yeah. You don't know. It could be quicksand. But I actually, what was the episode on sinkholes? the sinkholes? Yeah. That is frightening. That's yeah. like the quicksand. It's like what I thought quicksand would be like as right, a kid, but right. it's actually a thing. Yeah. That you can be sleeping in your bed and just Florida, man, fall into the earth and disappear forever. Like that, that's that episode still creeps me out. It is about so it. creepy. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Bermuda Triangle. Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready for this? Yes. All right. I'm stoked on it. All right. Okay. So this, the Bermuda Triangle, it's an urban legend. Okay. And we're getting close to Halloween. So it is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, there's really nothing that creepy or scary about it, which are we going to do some Halloween stuff? I don't know. We didn't really talk about it. (laughs) Uh, So it's a urban legend and Mm -hmm. it's based on all these kind of bizarre events that happened in the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. Off the coast of Florida. This is how like urban legendy it is. It varies in size from 500,000 to 1.5 million square miles of open ocean. That's so a big difference. You know, give or take. Sure. That's fine. Give or take a few hundred thousand. And the borders also vary, but most people agree that there's three points of this triangle between Miami, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. So Makes sense. There's some maps. I almost was Check like, and Bahama. The Bahamas. Wrong. <laughs> it's Bermuda. the Bahama Triangle. <laughs> it's, it's called the Bermuda Triangle. Right, right. Yes. Bermuda. There are reports of all these strange happenings and disappearances in that area that date back to the days of Christopher Columbus, our recent uh, holiday friend. Not I, holiday friend? So... I like that thing that you posted that was like... The uh, slip-up? The slip-up to the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty well, good. And they don't even... like The kids don't even get out of school. It's not even like holiday here on Guam they're like we don't care about that at all right I'm sorry I feel bad just make it indigenous people say well this is the thing okay being an Italian I know I feel bad because you told me the story about how your dad being Italian your Italian family was very proud of this very proud well because he was born in 1936 you guys so right it's very much like Italian pride so I think what it is is that I like the idea that October is I think it's a couple different nationality or like like I think it's the Philippines month as well right something like that I'm not sure but uh it's definitely Italian Heritage Month right and I think Christopher Columbus Day was like important at the time because he was their big explorer because people didn't like Italians in New York (laughs) (laughs) and they were like hey we should we should really try to like nobody liked anybody in New York but mostly they didn't like the Italians so (laughs) and the Irish (laughs) sure yeah I mean there's so they're like let's have a let's have a day I think it's really about Italian heritage let's not talk about the people who are crappy in that right. heritage, right? Like, I think people could be proud of Let's coming from... Let's not focus on colonizers. Place. Yeah, yeah. Let's no, just... No colonizers. <laughs> Day. <laughs> like, let's should, just... They should just make it indigenous peoples. Like, can we just... Yeah, let's just why, do right? that. Because why, why are we going to celebrate President one person, Biden. you know? <laughs> Clickety-clack. Do yeah. this. Well, like I think change. a lot of people just changed it, right? I think by yeah. state. 
Oh states yeah, I think definitely some it. states have done it. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I, I see people. We're just a little fire removed from the the state, <laughs> so they probably everybody's like, "Yeah, hello, duh." Of course they did, but right. But we're over here in Guam, where people are like, "It's Monday." <laughs> yeah. Go to school. The, more people take off for like the Super Bowl. It, that's the truth. Then yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So good old Chris Columbus. <laughs> he actually reported unusual compass activity. And he also saw some stars that, I guess, appeared to, like, move around in the sky. Uh-huh. And he also saw a light, like that of a candle, moving up and down in the distance. So, I mean, I'm just going to throw out here, too, that he thought he was, was going to he India. I, well, yeah. He, he was already <laughs> not using his compass properly. So. Ha, was he vitamin deficient? <laughs> I, Did he have scurvy? Or was it aliens? All I can say is I've spent a lot of time... Mm-hmm. Laying on a beach, waiting for <laughs> turtles, staring at the stars. Yeah. Because no lights in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Yeah. Just my brain doing its thing. Sure. No phone. It's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Not a phone in sight. <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring and the things move around and things look weird. And you tend to like, you know, I don't know. To me, mm-hmm. your eyes and your brain do funny things when you stare, if you really spend a lot of time staring at the stars. Into the abyss? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I maybe I think I'm one of the weird people who's done a lot of that. And and that's why that's... people believe in aliens. Yes. Yeah. So when I, when I read that, I was like, yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fine. But anyway, he said that when he asked his crew to also look at the light, mm-hmm. that it vanished and reappeared many times. So they were all doing LSD. Got yeah, it. Something. And the most unusual thing that he said that there was a glowing object coming out of the water and shooting towards the sky. Mm. And a lot of people thought that the light on the shore, it was like either a light from the shore that he saw like from somewhere mm-hmm. or it was another ship. Mm. Okay. 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 But it also could have been an unidentified flying object. Maybe. I thought you were going to say like the Kraken. Like a like a, a, a reflection from the cornea of like the kraken. And I just want to know water. with all these disappearances <clears throat> and all the legends of the Bermuda Triangle, like why yeah. didn't it just swallow this guy? Sorry, Italian uh, heritage. It's it's fine, Jen. I again, I think it's it would have changed the course of everything. Well, I mean, it would have been some other colonizer guy. Hundred percent. There would have been a guy right <laughs> after him. Yeah, you totally. Know? There, someone else would have been, been financed. So. Yeah, I mean for sure. Yeah, but. Just saying. Could have changed things. It's true. So since then and throughout the 20th century, there's been a lot more notable events. No one knows the exact number of disappearances that have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle, but they estimate, this is a lot of people's, they estimate about 50 ships and 20 airplanes. And that's according to Mm Britannica.com. Britannica. So wait, 50 ships and 20 airplanes? Uh Uh-huh. Disappeared. That's it? Uh-huh. Why do I think there's like hundreds of thousands in my brain? Because... I just always imagine that it's, it's the just, hype. Just like everybody fly and they just disappear. Yeah. Immediately. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. Like it's like no one's gotten through there. Right, right. But it, I'll tell you more, but... Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you the most... I, I think the most famous ones. Mm-hmm. I have six. Okay. Okay. Notable disappearances or okay. whatever. So the first one is the Ellen Austin a ship. It's a cargo ship. And this was in 1881. And this ship was going from Liverpool, heading to New York and carrying passengers that were immigrating to America from Liverpool. Why? 1881. And they're going to New York. Yeah. 
So they're on the Atlantic. They're on that side. Right. But their compass is wrong then. Why? That's really far south for them to <clears throat> hit the Bermuda Triangle. I guess coming up through Florida by Florida and then up on the East Coast. Oh, why would they go? So they they just go down instead of... Do I'm I look sorry. like a ship captain to you over here, sitting here? <laughs> I'm so confused. Isn't the the uh, the shortest distance between two points? Well, if they're going to New line. York and they're coming up from... I don't know. Liverpool, that's England. Like, they should just go straight across. Maybe it is currents. Maybe it's like some current thing. Or... They're dropping some stuff off in Florida. I don't know. Why don't you okay. time travel back to 1881 <laughs> and ask Captain... Uh, what's his name? Griffin. <laughs> Dear Captain Griffin. I'm going to write it right now. <laughs> okay. So, the ship had been at sea for a few weeks, and uh, the captain had taken this unplanned shortcut mm. through the Sargasso Sea... Which we we talk. just talked about. See, this is why. That was a this lead up. Great. This it is was great. a lead up, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you didn't listen to the last episode go about the blob, listen. go back and listen. So in this area is known for its, I guess, there's a lot of storms in this mm-hmm. area. But this route, and oh, okay, they took the, like, maybe they were trying to avoid avoid some storms. So that's why oh, they okay. went through the Bermuda Triangle. But the, they didn't know it was the Bermuda Triangle because it was 1881. Right. And then so a little bit into their detour, he sighted another vessel sailing kind of erratically in the distance. <laughs> He's like, what's happening? Yeah. He's like, rrr, 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 rrr. <laughs> I just, I just always wonder about, because, you know, boats look really slow. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess if you're going slow and you're staring at it, you could see where it might like, be like why? not going in a consistent direction. Sure. Okay. It's like okay. kind of going in circles or Listing whatever or that something. means. Sure. Yeah. So it the ship appeared to be abandoned because of how it was moving. So he was like, this is a trap. These are like pirates. Something's happening. Right. So he waited. So he actually... This trip of his took a long time because of all of this. And I'm sure the passengers were like, can we just get to New York already? Like, what is going on? Do we care about this boat? Are yeah. They, are I'm, they like far enough to wait? Can I, we just go around I'm it? seasick as right. hell and have been for weeks. Can we just get there? But he's like, what's going on? So he's he kept a safe distance for a couple of days and just watched the ship before he decided to send four of his crew members to go aboard and investigate why the ship was... Just the way it was. The way it was. <clears throat> so this unnamed, they, there was no name on it, ship was completely abandoned, but had cargo. So, but there was no sign of any, like, there wasn't like blood or things sure. broken. There was no indication that anything had happened. Like it just. As a reason why it would be abandoned. Yeah. Okay. Like it just drifted away or something. Yeah. So he decided to get some of his crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go captain that ship and they were going to sail together to New York so he could salvage the ship because he's like, it's a ship. Well, you should take it back, you know, like see what the, what's going on. But sh- shortly after they started heading back, this heavy storm hit and they were separated. Okay, so he couldn't see the other ship. When they got through that storm, he looked for it and he found it again. And so when he pulled up alongside the ship, it was completely abandoned. Wait, did his people... They were gone. Okay, this is like that Netflix show, 1899. <laughs> I couldn't watch that. I was so confused. I was like, what is happening? Uh, yeah, I got through the first like three or four episodes. Yeah. But because I watched the series that it's 
kind of like similar. The guy, the guy did that one series of Dark. Did you ever watch that? No. It's like a, it's not Swedish, uh, German. I or... think I could have hung in and watched it, but <laughs> my husband's just not into those kind of things. He was like, oh, this is. It's time travel. Well, he was like, is this like an alien <clears throat> thing or some sort of supernatural thing? He's like, I'm not into it. It's time travel. <laughs> but yeah, that it seems like that was also a time travel paradox yeah. that they were in but that's super creepy so they never found those guys yeah they were like where are they they couldn't find them and then they were like scared mm-hmm. and they didn't want to let anybody else go on the ship because they're like what the hell's going to happen right so he left it he left the ship and he went back to new york in the in the hole and that ship and the old crew like anybody was they never saw them again they just left the ship there they just left the ship because again nobody was on it it was abandoned completely abandoned and i don't know if i wrote it somewhere but like there were no like everybody's stuff was there there was food it's like what's that what's that one departed what's the one where all the people oh disappeared? they just disappeared yeah, yeah yeah it makes me think of that yeah, i did what watch is that the name one of the, yeah that was is pretty good is it the departed no 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 the departed is like a mobster oh. thing um yeah that's but where they all just like half of them leave like yeah, half yeah, the people on yeah. the earth just disappeared it's like the, yeah nobody knows why and then they show up like five or ten something years later, years later and they're there and it's like they never left, right? And was then they start one? like a cult. Right. Yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah, that yeah. show is. Yeah. The 100? No. No. That's a different show. That's Jesus. Different... Too many of these shows. I know. <laughs> that could be the name of that show. Exactly. Um, but yeah. And we're talking about. Yeah. So that's what it makes me think of is that they just got sucked away. Right. Next story. Oh, that's that's it. That's it, the end of the creepy story. I hate it. So I think I talk about it a little bit later, but there's no conclusion to that. It just was, that's it. Mermaids. Mermaids. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe. Okay, so the next one is the USS Cyclops. That's an unfortunate name. <laughs> right? This is March 4th of 1918. So we're like 30 okay. some years, right? Okay, okay. It's a U.S. Navy ship. It set sail from Brazil. This makes more sense. Destined for Maryland. That, yeah. It was going to Baltimore. <laughs> Amazing. This ship is big. It's almost 550 feet long. And has a crew, had a crew of 306 people. And it was carrying around 11,000 tons of ore. All right. Manganese. It's important. Or is important. <laughs> yeah, you gotta make you gotta make more ships. We did a whole uh, episode on ores, did mining. We? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, we did. I don't... <laughs> Just wait, you guys. Pretty soon we're gonna start doing the same episodes over again. I can't wait. So the ship had been sailing successfully since 1910. Just to give you some, and this was what I say, 1918. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been going between the Baltic Sea, the Caribbean and Mexico and been moving like coal and other stuff and even like they say helping refugees like Mm -hmm. move. But in 1917, um, when the U.S. entered World War One, it became key in the like with their naval uh, ships. Yeah. And transporting troops and coal to fuel other ships and move people around Mm -hmm. all over the world. So there were no other scheduled stops along this route. And the ship was supposed to arrive in the port with this full load of ore on the 13th of March. So this was, it was nine days into its journey and it vanished. And it's never been seen or heard from again with all those people. I'm pausing for effect. Megan's face right now. So the last (laughs) transmission they received from the ship reported that weather fair all well. Mm -hmm. What's his last words? I mean... Uh, so, and there was no wreckage, no SOS message. So they couldn't figure out what 
cause the ship and the whole crew to vanish, like uh-huh. within that, as they say, within a nine-day window. So to this day, the disappearance of this USS Cyclops and the crew of 306 remains the largest recorded loss of life in U.S. naval history. Wow. Yep. So... Follow-up theories. So like nothing, like it didn't just like, oh, an orca banged (laughs) into the bottom of... Well, let me tell you. Here's some theories, okay? okay? okay so, okay. the U.S. Navy says that its official statement about the Cyclops is, the dis- this is a quote, the disappearance of the ship has been one of the most baffling mysteries in the annals of the Navy. Mm-hmm. All attempts to locate her have having proved unsuccessful. That's it? Yeah. So, That's there was some speculation so that vague. the captain, who was George W. Orley, um, that he was drunk and a drinker and unsuitable to steer the ship. Um, and there were some reports of even like a little mutiny that was possibly going to happen on board the ship. But the Navy came back and was like, no, 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 that's not, this guy was good. So they tried to like, I'm just giving you a side eye. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, I see what happened. So <laughs> yeah, they said he was fine. He was fine to command the ship. It was not, that was not the case. Mm. But some other investigations they there was this guy marvin barash he's a descendant of one of the firefighters that was on board the ship that was lost okay so he spent like decades researching the history going through all these navy records ship logs and anything that might be useful and so he including there was what is a blackened bag of manganese ore this is a quote the whole existence of the ship has been swept under the rug it wasn't like it was lost in a glorious battle. It just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Pirates. So... Is there a pirate theory? No. Oh, so okay. he has his own sus- suspicions about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it could have been mechanical failures and the crew unused to, like, this really heavy cargo. Yeah. And that it, like, rolled and tipped and everything just fell into the ocean because there are areas in there. This um, They might have been passing over this Puerto Rico trench, and it's one of the deepest parts of the Atlantic. Oh. So if they did fall into one of these deep areas, then they there was no way they would ever be recovered, right? Mm-hmm. And because it was so heavy that it would have just sank. Just all the way to so the bottom. So fast, right? Even though this, he's still like, well, I don't know if it's, uh, he's still, but people are still trying to explore if they can find this shipwreck. Right. There's people that that's all they do is like search around the Bermuda Triangle area. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Just trying to be like, trying to find anything from these disappearances it's crazy right treasure hunters yeah i watched this whole uh well part of a youtube about this guy who is just like a bazillionaire that just like has this whole crew of ships that goes around and they're just finding treasure yeah i feel like there's also a lot of kind of random series like tv shows and movies Uh about treasure hunters in the ocean and there's usually like fight scenes and stuff like that yeah it's a thing yeah and they don't look like Matthew McConaughey. I was going to say, they're all, they all look like <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely don't. So here's another one. This is a plane, a DC-3. Okay. On December 28th, 1948, there was, this is DC-3 is a passenger plane that was on a pre-dawn flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami, Florida. About a thousand miles. No, no big deal. The captain of the plane told the control tower in Miami that the 31 passengers aboard were singing Christmas carols. Was it Christmas? It was December. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Like right after Christmas. That makes sense. A few hours later, the captain radioed again to say that the plane was approaching the airport. Mm -hmm. And that was the last communication 
that they would send. The uh, captain they was... just disappeared. They disappeared. Off the radar. Was Off there the radar? Ra- the, 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 1948? 1948, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, so, hmm. They sent 48 Coast Guard, Air Force, and Navy vessels, and they could never find a trace. That captain was so tired of hearing jingle bells. <laughs> he's like, if I have to, I'm he's I'm like, don't make me turn around. around. <laughs> yeah. And he did. And then they ran out of gas and they went into the ocean. Yeah. And one that's of the, why in one of the trenches. And that's why you don't sing Christmas songs on <laughs> airplanes. That is insane. Well, the fact I'm that they surprised were Mariah Carey be... didn't come out of the Bermuda Triangle and carry them up to the surface. <laughs> <laughs> it's so close to that time of year, Jen. <laughs> I know. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting. Uh. <laughs> My kids have already tried to start playing Christmas, and I'm like, ah. I just like cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like blasting Monster Bash, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's creepy. I think the thing that creeps me out is that the, you know, the captain is radioing like, we're coming, we're going to be landing They're singing Christmas carols. It's great. We're going to be there any minute. Jingle. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody just sang the wrong Christmas carol. They're passing eggnog around. Yeah. It was. It was too heavy. Poisoned. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The next one. Okay. This one has a little more of a backstory that I found. And God, your dog keeps licking my foot. Sammy, she just um, loves you so much. <laughs> like, Stop it. So this one, I just have it labeled witchcraft because that was the name of the yacht. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So this is about this hotel owner named Daniel S. Barack. Barack, B-U-R-A-C-K. Barack. Oh, yeah. It's like Bur- it's like Bur- it's like Barack, but... Barack. Barack. Yeah. So he owned the Gallon Hall Hotel, and it was in South Heidelberg Township in... Where was that? Gallon Hall South... Like a Massachusetts or a Maine Yeah, up or on something. the East Coast somewhere. That I, sounds very East Coasty, yeah, old-timey. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I wrote down where it is. I bet yeah. it's Massachusetts, and I, I bet it's it near, like, Salem, and that's why they named their ship the Witchcraft. Probably. Probably. That sounds it's, about right. That's just me making shit up, so... So this is about, so he eventually ends up in Florida. I'll go into it. And he has a boat called the Witchcraft. And this was in December of, I don't know what it is with December, but 1967. They said that he was a seasoned yachtsman. And he and his, he invited one of his friends who was a reverend, Padraig Horgan. And they were going to go out just off the Florida coast, like not very far and -hmm. watch the Christmas lights. It was supposed to be just like a quick, quick, cruise out and a little backstory on him is that his father Emmanuel Barak bought the Gallon Hall in 1935 and this was in South Mountains Resort where is that? South Mountains can you look that up? Gallon Hall South Mountain I'm like bugs that I didn't write down where this is but South Mountain Gallon Hall like G-A-L-L-O-N? G-A-L-E-N. So anyway, I guess it was really nice. And there was a lot of like famous people that went there. It was a 300-room hotel and it went up went up in a fire. Is it Gallon Hall Golf Club? G-A-L-E-N Hall Hotel, South Mountain. Did you type in South oh, Mountain? Oh, I mean, this. it looks like it's in the Berkshires, like Pennsylvania. Oh, there we go. Okay. South Mountain Resorts. Yeah, it's fancy. It was super fancy. I don't know what happened. But I guess it was really super suspect that it caught on fire. 
And he ended up selling it and then he moved to Florida. And that's when he started this Gallon Beach Hotel in Florida and started, you know, was making more money. And then after all that happened, then he went on this 23-foot cabin cruiser, his yacht, on the December 22nd with his friend, the Reverend. And apparently the witchcraft is what the ship was called, which is pretty cool. That's cool. I guess they had come into contact with something beneath the water. So he called in for help and he didn't, he wasn't like, we're not sinking. Everything's fine. It seems like we just hit something and we're at buoy number seven. And this was in the Miami Harbor. Okay. So after this call where he was pretty calm, he's like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. No, No big deal. We're fine. Within 19 minutes, the Coast Guard cutter, a Coast Guard cutter had got to where the vessel called from to buoy number seven and they wasn't there and was never seen or heard from again. Did they check other buoys? Yes, they did. <laughs> so what was crazy is that this particular boat was equipped with this special flotation device and it was considered unsinkable. Oh. Even if it had a hole in its hull, the vessel would have bobbed. It would have still been floating somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they say it just completely disappeared. They put out an alert. So to look for it within the region, they had six civil civil air patrol planes, four Coast Guard and Navy ships were searching and they never found it. Hmm. They searched um, over 24,000 square miles over six days. Imagine that it was like, we're just here at this buoy. Did anyone get an insurance payout for that? I don't know. Is he so, like declared dead or something? So that's the thing. Is some of the family members, they were like, you know, because they're like, Bermuda Triangle. Faked his own death. And they're like, no. They think that it could have been like a criminal, like, mm-hmm. gang that robbed them. It was a submarine. Like some sort of pirate type situation. But where would they have, did like, did they haul the boat somewhere? Did they sink it, take it out and sink it somewhere? You know. It's still like 19 minutes. We are talking around what it could be, Jen, and I'm just going to throw it out there, dolphins. <laughs> I mean, they hit something. They hit or something. Or something hit them. Dolphins, Jen. Or the, and then And they just very speedily pushed that boat <laughs> <laughs> even further into the... And then just sunk the unsinkable because dolphins. Yeah. They are. They are something. I'm telling you. Or mermaids again. Or mermaids. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they hit something. Yeah. Was it a, maybe it was a underwater UFO? What was that movie? With the, what was that other? Are you oh talking God. about Cocoon? No. <laughs> oh. The one where they, there's like a underwater, The Abyss. The Abyss. Oh, yeah. I was just about to mention The Abyss when you're talking about that trench. Like, well, they just got to, then you just got to use that thing. Yeah. In the Abyss, you go down and then. That's a sad, sad movie. Jen. It is a sad movie. I feel like that's been so long since I've seen it. But I know it made me sad. So yeah, buoy number seven holds the secret. Maybe he was at buoy number nine <laughs> and just like, it looked weird. Like the <laughs> nine had been like scratched and sometimes right. made it look like that, a seven at the a line. Seven. He didn't have his glasses. Right. He was like, it looks like a seven. We're at buoy number seven. Like they were arguing about it. The reverend is like, no, it's number nine. He's like, no. It's but then where did seven. they go? I don't know. Bermuda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe. They just decided to live out their lives. Some offshore account that the insurance money went into. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So the next one, this one you might have heard about. Okay. When you kind of, this is kind of like the one when people think about the Bermuda Triangle is Flight 19. And there's another follow up, the PMB Mariner. So this is the fate of Flight 19. 
is there was a group of five Avenger torpedo bombers that took off from Fort Lauderdale on December 5th, December again. I'm thinking maybe it's just like a December don't thing. Go, don't do things in December in the Bermuda Triangle. This Perfect. is what I'm hearing. This is this is what I'm interpreting from your yes, stories. I think Jen. so. This was in There's 1945. So okay, we're going okay. back again. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they had expected to have like a three-hour bombing journey. Three-hour <laughs> three tour. Bombing journey. <laughs> just to be... Uh, it was going to be like just like a training operation. Cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uneventful. Ops. We're just... We're doing the thing. They've done it a million times before. So they went out, they dropped their fake bombs sure. wherever they were supposed to and began to head back and they ran into some trouble. Mm. Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, he was an experienced pilot. So I think he was like the the lead and then the other ones were more learning, training, Got it. right? And the other, in the other plane. So they'd been flying. Apparently he thought his compass was malfunctioning. Uh-huh. And this is kind of a thing with planes. They have compass issues. And so Flight 19 had been flying in the wrong direction. Oh. Somehow they got turned around. Mm-hmm. So when he figured this out and his compass was all screwed up, he contacted another Navy flight instructor who was flying close to the Florida coast. And the weather apparently was getting worse. So he went against protocol. Oh. Of pointing a lost plane towards the um, the setting sun, so I guess that's what you're supposed to do. And he thought they were somewhere over the Florida Keys, so he just adjusted the heading. He thought, well, I think it's this direction, and it, and was trying to uh, attempt to navigate. Uh, they say the Gulf of Mexico. So I mean, he sure. basically like we're supposed to do this, but I think this is a better idea. So let's do that. So some of the guys who were following him were like, no, 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 this is wrong. And they decided to continue to go northeast. And they convinced him to turn around and head back westward. I guess okay. it's kind of confusing. The, there's a lot more detailed information yeah, information yeah, yeah. about this. that I was like, okay, well, you know, basically. It's like heading la, 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 la. Basically, he was going, he went the wrong way. Then they were like, no, this way. It's like. And they're like, come back this way to us. Right. Got it. It seems like very not military. Like everybody's, it's a cluster. (laughs) This is why you need to. Sure. Follow what you're supposed to do. And everybody follows that That as well. Yeah. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he again turned the flight back around. Still concerned that they were somewhere over the Gulf. And the flight crew flew further away from land. And so their transmissions became worse. Staticky. Staticky, like very mm-hmm. faint. And they had been flying for more than their time they were supposed to. They were getting concerned that they wouldn't be able to correct their navigation before they ran out of fuel. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. And in his final transmission, Taylor told his men that once the first plane dropped below 10 liters of fuel, they would all ditch together, like sea, land. Sure. Um, and try to get rescued. And then after that, the transmission ended. So did they all... Did somebody make it back to Fort Lauderdale? No. Nobody? No. So one of the search and rescue aircrafts that was deployed to go find them, because yeah. they're like, oh, crap, these people don't know what they're doing. Let's go find them, was the PBM Mariner. And this plane had 13 crew on it. And Megan, mm-hmm. it also disappeared. <gasps> yeah. 
You know, yesterday was Friday the 13th, too. Yeah, I'm just know. saying. So creepy you're doing this episode. But um, that... we're not in December. So there was a tanker off the coast of Florida that reported mm-hmm. seeing an explosion and observing a big oil slick when they went searching for survivors. Like from the PMB... PBM Mariner. PBM Mariner? Yeah. I know I keep wanting to say PMB because it's personal mailbox. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so the, I guess the weather was getting bad kind of close to this time. And so the... 13 crewmen, the five pilots of Flight 19, or any of the aircrafts were ever recovered. Disappeared. So this plane that took the 13 guys that went to look for the other mm-hmm. planes, mm-hmm. they actually had a, nicknamed it the Flying Gas Tank, which I'm like... Oh, that doesn't sound... Safe. So the slightest, they say the slightest spark of a lit match would cause, would have caused, could oh, have caused no. an explosion. Oh, no. And yeah, after the ship had seen that fireball, they were like, yep. What year was this? 1940. There's a guy, guaranteed, there's a guy in that flight. 45. Uh, you know, Bob, who just like <laughs> pulling out his. Uh, He's like, I don't know where they are. And he just pulled out his like. His, a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. I, got a Zippo. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going. And that was or it. he had one of those those matches you just light off the and side. And everyone's of the, like, no. <laughs> you just light it off I mean, the side of the plane, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, it's not yeah. funny. But also, what? Yeah. That's insane. It's right? interesting that they didn't find any wreckage if the tanker saw the explosion and the oil slick, but no wreckage. Yeah. The Navy did not. They stopped the production of that plane in 1949. They're okay. like, maybe we shouldn't make those anymore. And in the Navy's final report, the disappearance of Flight 19 was blamed on pilot error. Ooh. But Taylor's, the main pilot, family, Prote- C.C. Taylor. Yeah, they yeah. didn't like that. And after sev- several reviews, the verdict was changed to cause or unknown reasons. Okay. I mean... Okay, because yeah. maybe the family is saying, "Oh, it's it was the the plane's fault, the actual hardware." The, the yeah, it was the compass, or you know, that it's, threw them off. It's weird that like how many planes were in that group that went out? Five, five. So uh, that you have four other compasses. Yeah, I assume. Yeah, there's not just like one compass for mm-hmm. five planes. Yeah. And, like, nobody else just had a compass on them. I mean, this is, like, the time when everybody had compasses, you know? I mean, well, it's no, it's really well known in this area that mm-hmm. compasses... Yeah, there's some magnetic issue, right? thrown off, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Is this the last one? Okay, yeah, this is the last one. Okay. And this one's kind of fun because it's kind of similar to one that you did. But this is the Great Isaac Lighthouse. Oh. So this lighthouse is on the small... Bahama, Bahamian, Bahamian, <laughs> Bahamian Island of Great Isaac K. So I'm it, like, who is was... Great Isaac? Is it like a key? How's K- it spelled? C A Y. Great Isaac. Key. Like Isaac, like a person. Oh, it's a person. Oh, yeah. Okay. Probably named after some guy named Isaac was like, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> put a flag on it, put a lighthouse on it. They put the lighthouse, it was built in 1859, and it's located about 20 miles or 32 kilometers north, northeast of. Bimini Island. I'm not sure mm. if I'm saying that right, Bimini. but I feel like I've talked about it in another episode. Sure. It's only accessible by boat, and this lighthouse is about 151 feet tall or 46 meters tall. Okay, okay. okay. It's a barren island, um, oh. and it already has kind of a creepy story. Local lore says that there was a ship that wrecked with no survivors except for a single infant, which I'm like, 
weird. Yeah. Yeah, there's a ghost on that island. Yeah. So it was the lighthouse, like I said, it came in the Mm mid-1800s. And there were only two keepers that stayed there. Together? Yeah, two keepers. Were they, like, in love? I don't know. I hope so. Maybe they're friends. What if they hated each other? What if they were, like, brothers or... They're just sitting across from each other eating mm-hmm. cereal. Well, somebody and one to of play them, like chess with. One of them is like, I swear to God, if you keep sl- <laughs> slurping that milk. Yeah. Or they could just, maybe they had a podcast. Who knows? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so on August 4th, 1969, mm-hmm. a small boat was set out to go check on them at the lighthouse, maybe to bring supplies and be like, hey guys, what's up? So like they haven't um, been here in like three months. Because they had tried to call them, I guess, by radio, and it went unanswered. When they got there, the island was empty. No people. Those two guardians were gone. They had a fight. They definitely had a fight and murdered each other. They said (laughs) that a hurricane had passed over the island not too long before, but there was hardly damage and really no damage to the living quarters. So they were like, okay, well, they could have just stayed in their house or whatever, in the lighthouse and been fine. Mm -hmm. But they don't know. Others think that they were like caught in some sort of drug smuggling ring or there was maybe they were kidnapped or something else happened like foul play because there was no other reason why they would have just disappeared. Right. And to this day, they don't know what happened to those That guys. is like that one story that I told about a lighthouse so, yeah, island. here. And that's why it says, it's not the first time that isolated lighthouse keepers have disappeared <laughs> under strange Circumstances. circumstances. There were three men that vanished from Flanan, Flanan, Flanan Isles, yeah, in uh, 1900. Yeah, it, it, well, and that was also a storm situation. Yeah, where there was like a storm. But there were like creepy. Weird there were things. some. Yeah, it was like a chair overturned or something. Yeah, and yeah. there's a movie after that one, right? Right. But uh, that's weird. Weird. I don't know. I think. <laughs> I think I would. I think I'd be into being a lighthouse keeper on an, a remote <laughs> island. Would you? I think it'd be kind of cool, but I would need like with your teenager or oh, without. No, without, without. <laughs> Jesus, right. there would definitely be murder happening. Oh, uh, yeah, he definitely have to be gone to college already. Yeah, you're like, buddy, yeah. I'm gonna go live in this lighthouse. Yeah, because you were so but, difficult to live with. I feel like those are that would be a nice option though for retirement, right? Like either oh, yeah. either a witch in the woods, <laughs> some old crone just in the woods, uh, or a lighthouse keeper. Yeah. Those, both of those seem real. I, you just make with it a real cartoon cozy. dragon. Yeah, with the definitely with a cartoon dragon for sure. So some facts. Let's here's let's some, hear some facts. Bermuda Triangle facts. Mm-hmm. So the phrase Bermuda Triangle didn't actually come like they didn't start using that until 1964, Ooh. and because it was in this pulp magazine article. I love that pulp. That's great. By Vincent Gaddis, who used the phrase to describe a triangular region that has destroyed hundreds of ships and planes without a trace. Like hundreds. Hundreds, Jen. Okay, fact number two. Charles Berlitz, he also popularized the legend of the Bermuda Triangle in his best-selling book, The Bermuda Triangle, which was published in (laughs) 1974. And in this book, he claimed that the fabled lost island of Atlantis was involved in the disappearances. Right. I'm going to talk more about that. Which isn't that the whole premise for the lost island, Jules Verne, right? Is that Jules Verne? I don't know. Who did the lost island? I'm trying to remember who. 
They sure. just redid a movie with a rock. Yeah, I in never it. watched. So I good. didn't watch that. There's like a couple of them. It's yeah. all like very like Vern, Jules Verne esque. Yeah. The first one was with uh, why am I blanking out on that guy's name? I can see his face. He's just making Brandon Fraser. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first of those series. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's the same right. kid. It's that's the same right. kid. Okay, it, okay. But they just changed the parents. Right. Well, you got to. <laughs> so and then yeah. Yeah, because people Jules Verne get they age. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? Pretty soon everybody will be like AI acting. And that's what Harrison Ford does now, right? Isn't that did I hear that recently? I heard <laughs> some like I, NPR Tom Hanks? show. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Amazing. Well, okay, so next one. The deepest point of the Atlantic Ocean is called the Milwaukee Depth, which I'm like, I've never heard of that. That's cool. Milwaukee. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> just every time I hear Milwaukee, I think of I think of uh, Laverne and Shirley. Oh, okay, also that. But no, I always think about in Wayne's World when they go see Alice Cooper. Uh-huh. And they go to the backstage part. They think it's going to be like a crazy party. And Alice Cooper just drops a bunch of history lessons on them about the local <laughs> indigenous people of Milwaukee. And he was like, they called it Milwaukee. I forget what it means. <laughs> so good. I totally it's forgot that. So freaking you're hilarious. Like, you're like recovering a memory from yeah. me right now. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> party on. Excellent. Okay. So the Milwaukee Depth. So that is located in, it's one of the deepest points in the Atlantic, and it's located in the Bermuda Triangle. That makes me worry for Guam a little bit, right? Like, are we the sister depth to that depth? Maybe. Do people get lost over here? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Is there a Guam Triangle? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a, there is a coral triangle. I'll talk about it. Oh, okay. okay, okay. So... The Puerto Rico Trench, which I didn't know, but I guess, you know, makes sense. Yeah. It's located or it reaches a depth of 27,493 feet or 8,380 meters hmm. at the Milwaukee depths. So I guess it's part. It goes like that. Right. Puerto Rico Trench, Milwaukee depth. Got it. I don't know. These people. Name the, the deepest part of that trench is called the Milwaukee depth. Yeah. Is that what? Okay. So it's like the deepest point in the Atlantic. Got it creepy right that's weird and also the marina triangle is one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world and sustains heavy daily traffic both by sea and air well i mean then it makes sense now it's all coming together and that's why a lot of people are like hello yeah if you look at the new jersey turnpike there's gonna be a lot of accidents because there's just more people a lot of people yes Okay, I'm, I'm so we're, we're going down that road. Okay. And also, the Bermuda Triangle does not appear on any world maps, and the U.S. Board on Geographic Names does not recognize the Bermuda Triangle as an official region. Interesting. They're like, that's an it's, urban legend. It's just urban legend. That's pulp. This is that's it's all pulp it, fiction. Just me over here, like the Bermuda Triangle. It's real, <laughs> right? Everybody. Yeah. But it's, Qu- it's let me just tell you, some quicksand guy. is real. The Bermuda Triangle is not real. <laughs> just some guy wrote it in an article. Was like, uh-huh. let's call it this. Let's let's you know make some money on this. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Well, it's stuck. That's good great. job. Wow. So that's all you got to do in your life to you know name make your mark. Weird. Yeah. Just start name. spreading rumors. <laughs> just do it. I mean, not about people, right? But about areas. Triangle. Sure. Make a sure. triangle somewhere and call See, it something. How many things happened in that area? Yeah. Last fact, the Bermuda Triangle region has unusual features. It's one of only two places on Earth, the other being an area nicknamed the Devil's Sea oh. off the east coast of Japan, which makes oh, me no. creep out, which has a similar mysterious reputation where true north and magnetic north line up. 
So mm-hmm. that's why compass readings get weird. It's interesting that a place where compass readings are weird would have a lot of travel <laughs> right. through it. <laughs> like, I mean, I have no choice. Like, wouldn't you just be like, but then you have to go around. go around. Let's just but, go around. Yeah. All right. Hmm. So here's some theories. Okay. All the theories. Let's are you ready for I'm, this? I'm Let's ready. talk about Atlantis again. Yeah. Uh, some believe that the mythical lost continent of Atlantis once laid deep beneath the Bermuda Triangle, Megan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. American psychic and American psychic named Edgar Case claimed to have the ability to channel answers to questions pertaining to Atlantis, and he had documented many readings between 1924 and 1944 mm-hmm. about the lost city. He said that the Bahamas banks were the last part of the Atlantis to sink. In one of his transcendental readings, he also mentioned that the island Bimini, which mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, and that there was a trail of energy crystals that were once used to fuel the city. These electromagnetic forces were said to be able to cause interference with airplanes and shrimp, shrimp, <laughs> ship <laughs> electronics, causing them to vanish. Those poor shrimps. <laughs> shrimps are like, what the hell? Um, in 1968, scuba diver J. Manson Valentine, he was also a believer in the Atlantis theory. He discovered a series of these stones that were at the bottom of the ocean, and he thought that they looked like they formed a road which proved the existence of Atlantis. So if, but he, he couldn't take a picture. He didn't have an underwater camera. Was it yellow and brick? That was, yeah, it was, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I'm having a thought. I'm having a thought though, as you're talking about how there's a place in Japan, right? In the Bermuda Triangle. I wonder if you took a, like a spear and you put it through the earth from the Bermuda Triangle to that spot in Japan, right? Uh Uh-huh. Would you? Would be like digging a hole to China, <clears throat> right? Yeah. I was always like that. Was always a head scratcher to me. I'm like, okay, well, if I actually, if I'm in Oklahoma and I start digging <laughs> right now, where would you end up if you went to the exact <laughs> yeah. other opposite side? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So here's why this theory, Megan, doesn't add. I know you're already like believing yeah. it. You're oh yeah, there. 100. But they say what he, the guy, the diver, actually witnessed was this under underwater rock formation that was near. North Bimini Island in the Bahamas mm-hmm. is called the Bimini Road. And it's just a submerged rock formation that's just there. It was just like part it's of just like a, a rock coral, formation. Yeah. Coral something that like sunk down or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are everywhere, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's it's in that, in the triangle, I guess, by some definitions. But, but you know how I was said it could be in different thousands right, yeah right, yeah but the geologists considered this formation to be like natural it's just a natural rocks. thing that's happened got it okay but i mean nice thought interesting when you're when you mean what is it like when you're looking for something you'll find it it's like it's like the first time i ever saw uh <laughs> so, the first time i ever saw like a certain kind of car right and you're like yeah. wow i've never seen that car before and then everywhere you look you yeah, see that car? there's a saying for those kind of things, and yeah. I can't yeah. think of what it yeah. is right now, but you guys can, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, the next theory, rogue waves. Oh, rogue waves. Rogue waves. I mean, that's a, we, we've talked about rogue waves before. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. So it's an unusually large and unpredictable swell of water, typically twice as tall as all the waves around it. Yeah. Um, there was a few years ago, some scientists at the University of Southampton in England claimed that the waters of the Bermuda Triangle were especially like, 
prone. Prone to rogue waves due to storms moving in from all sides. Mm. And some of the waves could reach 100 feet in height. Mm. They theorized. It's just... Maybe uh, they modeled it. Yeah. Um, So the scientists' work got a lot of attention, but it still couldn't explain, like, the plane crashes and such. Right. So this could... My next theory could explain the plane crashes. Well, I mean, if the rogue wave, wave was, like, high enough, maybe it could explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like going just, real low. <laughs> I was just going to mention real quick that if you hear background noise, it's because... It's there's, rainy. There's a big rain happening Hopefully right the power doesn't go out again. Oh, my God. So the next one makes a little more sense. Aliens. Aliens. Well, you talked about That's it. That's my favorite theory for everything. The existence of aliens, you know, it's been speculated. And now mm-hmm. people are saying it's, you know, we have real proof, right? Sure. Isn't it? The government, well, like, <clears throat> saying, like, yeah. I think what it is is that the government says, I don't think that the government is like, they're there's like, aliens. They're like, well, we're not I, saying yeah. there's not. Okay, look, I'm, I, yes, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, my thing is that I don't, you know, I, I also haven't read what this uh, report is, but people keep saying like, oh, there's aliens are real. That It's in this report. And I'm like, yeah, but what's really in the report? I'm not reading that. You I don't, I don't have time. It makes me want to read it. I have a lot of things it. to read. Just so I can be like, no, look, this is what they're saying. Yeah, I'm busy. Because I don't think they just have like pictures of alien autopsies or something. Right. They're just like, yeah, we don't know what this is. It wasn't us. Yeah. Well. So. Well, UFO enthusiasts say that the triangle, the Bermuda Triangle is the stargate that extraterrestrials use for their intergalactic travel, Megan. So a lot of people <laughs> were came to that thought after the flight 19. Yeah. They thought that it may have been swept into this UFO portal. I mean, cool. It happened. Cool. The weather that day was clear and the flight supposedly, but then later they said there were storms, I don't know. But <laughs> the and the flight was supervised by an experienced pilot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he made, you know, that radio call saying that he says, they, this is what they say, which wasn't in the other article. We are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green, no white. So it was he also was... said that the Navy board at McCree stated that the planes flew off to Mars. I'm like, who's? <laughs> what? So he was having, like, maybe a mental break. Panic attack? Maybe a panic attack. I'm something thinking. like that. Yeah. Yeah, Lieutenant Taylor, and this is why they're like, no, come on. He was flying the plane. He wasn't familiar with the area and was actually like, they say, 50 kilometers off course, which we talked about. He was off course. Yeah. Whether it was some sort of malfunction, mechanic or magnetic field, who knows. Or aliens. Yeah, and I guess this is why the Navy was like kind of pointing fingers at him that in the past, he had a history of getting lost. <laughs> I guess he had done so like three times during World War II. Oh. And he had to ditch planes twice in the water before. So. All right. I mean. It's like, it's like you know people, right? You go hiking with them uh-huh. or you go to find something and you just know. Right. There, there's some people you go hiking with and you're like, wow, this person really knows how to get to places. <laughs> They know where Are you going. referring to one of your specific uh, <laughs> and then you go experiences? Out I'm just saying, and you're walking around uh-huh. and you're like, wow, this person. You're like, they're holding. Literally holding a GPS. Yes. You're like, I, why don't you know how to do what you're doing? Because they're just kind of winging it. They're like, oh, no, I think it's over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So all of us that have a fear of, what is it? Getting lost in the woods? No. Uh, <laughs> imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. 
right? Yeah. Those are the opposite. Yeah. Where those, they, they really too, pretend like they know what they're doing and they're they too absolutely confident. don't. And they're those of confident. us who suffer from the on yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum, yeah. we're like, well, obviously they know what they're doing. I've, I feel like so I, you follow them. I feel like I have a healthy dose of both, right? Like sometimes <laughs> I'm, do. Like, I'm like very confident in what I'm saying, but I might not really know 100%. Yeah. But also, <laughs> but also I have a pretty severe imposter syndrome when it comes to certain stuff. But yeah, when it goes, when it comes to like going out into the woods, maybe not roads, roads, mm-hmm. I have a hard time for some reason, but the woods, I feel like I feel very confident with like wherever we're going. Do you? I don't know. I feel confident. I don't. But I, don't. I get lost very easily. I think what it was is that that time I got lost in the woods and then I found my way out and I was like, oh, okay, uh-huh. this is easy. Follow the streams. Follow the streams, Jen. We learned yeah. episode number one. Yeah. Follow the streams. Yeah. But no, yeah, I just sometimes you see people with actual devices. And they're like, yep, this is what we're doing. And then all of a sudden you're scaling the side of a cliff and almost dying. Yeah. And you're like, how is this? Yeah. This is not the trail. What just happened? Okay. So next theory, magnetic Mm -hmm. forces. We did talk about this a little bit, Mm -hmm. that it's one of the two places on Earth where the compass will point to true north instead of magnetic north, right? Yeah. True north is a fixed point where the lines of the longitude converge on a map. Magnetic north is constantly shifting. Right. So it's the point on the Earth's surface where magnetic fields point directly downward. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So just to, I needed that explanation. Yeah, that was great. So the difference between the two is called, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but declination. Yeah. Yeah. Declination. That sounds perfect. Um, and all trained ship and airplane pilots know how to account for when it's like that's happening that's happening right yeah like they learn that in like flying school flight school yeah. when they go to top gun <laughs> when they get the shades <laughs> that's when you know you've graduated <laughs> that's when they know the leather jacket yeah so the conspiracy theory that the compass malfunctions are behind the triangles like you know aliens or whatever is happening mm-hmm is easily debunked because it assumes that all these experienced pilots just didn't know what was happening and they don't understand magnetic declination. Declination? Uh, declination. Right. Um, second, it can't explain the all the boats and planes that pass through the area that don't have any problems. Interesting. Yeah. So, another theory. <clears throat> debunked. Next one. Wormholes. Are you being serious right now? I'm totally being serious. These are people's theories. Wormholes. A Bermuda Triangle could be a portal to another space and time again. Just stop. Stop looking at me like Wait a that. Minute. It Wait could a be. You so don't know. If we go to the Bermuda Triangle and we travel through this uh, time wormhole, will we end up in the alternate universe where everything was okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, is that did we all go through a wormhole? Because we're in like the bizarro world now. What happened in 2016? Who knows? Maybe before then. Uh, yeah, something happened. There was a shift in the matrix. Yeah. Okay, so a pilot by the name of Bruce Gernon says, he says, and I'm going to give a, I don't believe in time travel or teleportation until, or didn't believe until it happened to me, he says. The pilot alleges that a fog surrounded my craft and I leapt ahead 100 miles. Um, he documented what happened. And a book that he published about his experience in 2017. Um, Here's an excerpt from his story. You ready? I'm going to read it. (laughs) Okay. Upon entering the cloud, we witnessed an uncanny spectacle. It became dark and black without rain, and visibility was about four or five 
four or five miles. There were no lightning bolts, only extraordinarily bright white flashes that would eliminate the entire surrounding area. The deeper we penetrated, the more intense the flashes became, so we made a 135-degree turn to the left and headed due south out of the cloud. The remarkable thing is that we did not come out of the storm or we did not come out of the storm 90 miles away from Miami as we should have. We traveled through 100 miles of space and 30 minutes of time and little more than three minutes. You, Flying I, dolphins. Look. I mean, what if I, he passed out? It's possible. Because, okay. Have you ever seen when people go on those rides and they pass out? Yes. Let, let me just, saying. real quick, because the time that I my elbow was dislocated, right? I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh-huh. And they gave me... The special K. (laughs) After a lot of other drugs that didn't Mm -hmm, work. mm -hmm. And I passed out. And the time, I thought it was, you know, 20 seconds. It was actually 20 minutes that I was Uh out. And during the time that I was out, I went through what I would call... It was like, like these big bright lights that kind of flashed past me. And I was like, this is what it's like to die. So it's totally possible (laughs) that that guy passed out and experienced some kind of like, you know, when you're kind of like awake, but also not really. Right. Because I could still hear stuff around me Uh that was going on. But I was passed out. So. I mean. It's possible. But that, according to him, he Mm -hmm. was totally fine and this happened. And I believe him. Why would he write a book about it? Sure. I believe him. Yeah. Something happened. He had an experience. I think it's okay to believe people that have experiences. But can you have experiences anywhere in the world? I think so. Only in America, Jen. No, only in and the, the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Well, and just as an aside, like, I think I told you yesterday, I've been listening to this podcast that everybody should go listen to because it's so good. There's two seasons of it. It's called K63. Uh-huh. And it's Oscar Isaac. Oh, God, I love Oscar Isaac. He's so amazing. Uh, and Julianne Moore. Uh-huh. And it's a time travel I love Julian podcast. You should. It, they're really short episodes. Like I, yeah. they're like maybe not even thirty minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know. It's really good. It's a good story. All right, I'm gonna check it out. Let's go check it out. And it's about time travel. And I was like, that is interesting. I just saw. Mm-hmm. I don't know why lately I've been getting shown movie clips, mm-hmm. and there was a movie clip that, and that probably because I watched it, and then now it's showing me a bunch of other movie clips. It was like, reminds me of that case 98 or case something. And it's got, uh, and I, this is during a time, it must have come out during a time when I was like not around movies and television and stuff. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got, uh, what's her, Renee Zellweger. Oh, okay. And she is like a social worker. This is what I could gather from it. She's a social mm-hmm. worker. And there's this girl that the parents had tried to kill her by putting her in an oven. And so she felt really sorry for this girl. So she took her. It's like, this is case, whatever. Yeah. So she ended up taking her home. Mm -hmm. And the girl ends up being, like, possessed by an actual demon. that's why they put her in the thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but I watched it. It showed a clip from it. And I was like, oh, it was so scary. I was like, I wonder if Megan would watch this. (laughs) I mean, Halloween. I don't know. I've been, uh, over time, I think I've been getting less fearful of things like that. Mm -hmm. Although I will still never watch the ring or that freaking movie you made me yeah, watch the hair, that one time. The Jesus hair thing. Christ. Yeah. I just cannot. I think it, what it is is like Asian horror. It scares me too much. Yeah. Specifically seen, Korean horror is I've seen some so super creepy scary. ones. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch. What's it called again? Case, Case something or other. Look it up. Right? <sighs> I mean, I did rewatch that one movie about that creepy house 
that they put out in like the 90s or something. It's that one based on that Stephen King novel, Rose Hill or Rose Red. Rose Red, that's what oh, it's called. Oh, yeah. But it's really about like, it's kind of reminds me of the Winchester house. Anyway, I watched that recently and actually it was kind of creepy. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, I... I'm getting better at it, so. <laughs> I'm getting better at There's horror. There's some horror. that I can deal with. Others, yeah, I can't. Those gore. Like, like, even, I can't do gore. I can't, wa- I yeah, can't watch Pet Cemetery. Again, oh, I feel yeah. like I watched it as a teenager and I'm like, nope, never again. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cannot. Yeah. Even the book was too much. All right. Next. Are we on to the next yes, theory? Yes, on to the next theory. Okay. The next theory There's would so be water spouts. So this one's a little more, you know, water spouts, like, like a, a water tornado kind oh, of thing. Okay, okay. So according to NASA, water spouts are spinning columns of moist air mm-hmm, that form mm-hmm. over the wa- warm water. Moist. Like a tornado in the ocean. And they can feature wind speeds of up to 125 miles per hour. It's creepy. That sounds like Um, a And because the Atlantic Ocean is off the coast of Florida, it's one of the most active areas in the world for severe weather phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, that right there. Yeah. That some have said that it could be responsible for a lot of the disasters. It's not proven, but this theory could be more... It's more realistic, right? Yeah, yeah. The U.S. Coast Guard and NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, have both stated that many of the mishaps were likely caused by bad weather and inexperienced navigators. Mm. At the same time, they both said there's nothing special about the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> so, and this is in the this is in this section. They said the ocean has always been a mysterious place to humans, and when foul weather or poor navigation is involved, it can be a very deadly place. And it's true all over the world, everywhere, everywhere. So, but water spouts are a thing. Like it could be, yeah. You I, never know. That could be, and it could be anywhere where there's warm waters. Right out here, could happen. I feel like we've seen them. I've out seen, here yeah, somebody. Yeah. I've seen some videos. Mm-hmm. I personally haven't seen them, but okay. Here's another fun one. Okay, methane bubbles from also, like whale farts or something. No, like ocean farts, also known as oceanic flatulence. <laughs> That's what so in 2016, there was a group of researchers from the Arctic University of Norway, and they had discovered this massive half mile crater at the bottom of the Barents Sea off the uh, off the coast of Norway, and the craters they hypothesized, were caused by sudden explosions of deep underwater deposits of methane. So it's been proven that there are pockets of methane gas, also known as methane gas hydrates, that are beneath the ocean floor that could erupt. And if there's too much internal pressure or, oh, it could go and it could cause underwater landslide or a seismic wave. Okay. So those things could cause, like, ocean farts could cause rogue waves. Okay. I guess in my <laughs> I guess in my brain, I was thinking, like, this, like, bubble, right? Like, rises to the surface, uh-huh. pops. Everybody dies from, like, just the, the methane, whatever, stench, whatever. And, yeah. then, and then somehow, yeah, it just, like, the waves that were created grab everything and pull it down. Yeah. So I mm. guess, oh, so the underwater landslide could cause it. Sorry. Got that it. could cause the, um, the bubbles. Or to, a giant wave. Yeah. Could cause the farts. The farts. The flatulence. Like, there could be some belly landslides that cause some flatulence. Same, same, same. Same, same. But they say that the scientists from the USGS all have found large stores of underwater hydrates worldwide, mm-hmm. uh, but no large releases of gas hydrates are believed to have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle for the past 15,000 years. Oh, okay. So that's just kind of like a maybe it could be this, but it actually hasn't happened there anyway. Yeah. All right. Okay, next. A comet. Could it have been a comet? 
the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> region. It's one of two places on Earth. Uh-huh. Like I said, the other one is the the Devil Sea off the coast of Japan, which I'm like, do I need to do an episode about that? Uh, it sounds like you do. Some people believe that 11,000 years ago, a comet crashed to Earth and landed on the ocean floor of the Bermuda Triangle. And they think that this comet may have some strange electromagnetic properties that disrupt compasses. But... We already know that's not true. Sure. Right. Also, there's a few other places besides those two of 2000 in the U.S. only. Those places on a line running from Wisconsin to the Gulf of Mexico actually have some weird compass issues, which is like, I guess there's like a line, I guess. Okay. Uh, But the public, they said, may not be informed. They think there's something mysterious about a compass changing across an area as large as the triangle. But it's, they said it's totally natural. It mm. just is what it is. Um, okay, so that's it with the theories. Other theories or pirates or government testing. Uh, I mean, government testing is always in there. Uh, but pirates, I really like the idea of pirates. I mean, it's still an issue. Honestly, it's uh, still ongoing. Yeah, yeah pirates still are still a issue. thing. Yep. They're just like a little less frilly. Yeah, they're creepy, scary. Yeah. Bad guys. So is the Bermuda Triangle really that dangerous, Megan? How are you feeling now? I'm feeling like it is definitely a thing that I thought was really super dangerous and like almost like, yeah, mystical. It's very mystical mystical. and I'm not even like into mystical stuff, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't want to go there. They said that it actually does not have a high incidence of disappearances, that they do not occur with greater frequency there than any other comparable region in the Atlantic Ocean. I feel like what you're saying is you should just be scared of the ocean In general. In general. Yeah. Pirates in general. Doesn't matter. In 2013, the World Wildlife Fund, or WWF, they did this study of maritime shipping lanes and determined that the Bermuda Triangle, and I read through it. It's a really interesting study. Yeah. That the Bermuda Triangle is not one of the world's 10 most dangerous bodies of water for shipping. Oh, They said that the worst accidents, uh, hotspots, are in the South China Sea, the Mediterranean, and North Sea. Okay. Those are like the top three, and then there's some others. Right, right. The number of ships traveling uh, the world's oceans has increased a lot, and this was done in 2015, sorry, 2013, so mm-hmm. up to, sure. they were saying 15 years, over the past 15 years at that point, mm-hmm. from around 85,000 to 105,000. And I'm sure it's now. only, yeah, yeah, they were like, it's only going to increase, and I'm sure it has in the past 10 years. Um, And while the overall number of accidents has uh, taken place has fallen, the report states that many do that do take place happen in areas of significant environmental interest, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So since 1999, there have been 293 shipping accidents in the South China Sea and the East Indies. Um, And this area is what I was telling you was the Coral Triangle. Oh, okay. I'm saying we've talked to looked at it. Yeah, because it's like around here. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Pacific. Um, That's where three quarters of the world's coral is found. Right. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. And so this is the top accident area. This is quote from Dr. Simon Walmsley from WWF. He said, this is the top accident area because of its association associated with tramp streamers, older vessels, and unregulated flags of convenience. I don't know why. I don't know what any that, of that means, but it, I think it's just the way it's like shipping words. It just sounds like, like a boat. Maritime words. Yeah. Tramp steamer makes me think it's like some person who dresses up in steampunk, but doesn't have, <laughs> they don't have teeth for some reason. Yeah. They're like not 
Yeah, not all together. Yeah. But so basically what this study really looked at is just overall like maritime or marine vessel accidents and how it's affecting the wildlife in various areas. And they found that in this area, it was real bad. Yeah. Like oil spills, crashes, and it's really, you know, causing a lot of problems with the corals, Mm. the reefs. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more in a second, but let's talk about another explanation. Let's hear it. Anyone listen to the nugget about sargassum? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the sargasso sea, it's in that area, Mm -hmm. right? It's approximately, I might have talked about this before, but it's 700 miles wide and 2,000 miles long. And it's situated in the North Atlantic, no Mm -hmm. shores. It's just floating. And it's it's limited by sea streams, I guess, on all sides. That kind of keeps it like in an area. And I, I think I put up a map you what did. it looks like. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to its west is the Gulf Stream Current and on its east is the Canary Current and the north side is limited, I guess, by the North Atlantic Current and the south by the North Atlantic Equatorial Current. So it's these currents that kind of keep it into one big area. blob. It's like a playpen. Yeah. For sarcasm. Sargasm. <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasm. <laughs> So sarcastic. (laughs) Anyway, it just like, it just, the way it, like the way that the waters are and with all these currents, it just keeps this, this sargassum, this blob like alive and happy. So, and it's right in within the Bermuda Triangle. Whenever there's like all these going way back to Christopher Columbus, he went through there in 1492. Mm -hmm. And he saw this, like, huge stretch of thick, dark stuff on the surface. And they actually got tangled in it for a while. Because what happens is when all those old ships that were relying on, like, sails, right? Yeah, yeah. And the wind would die. And then they got stuck in this stuff. It was it was pretty bad. There was another uh, report of a ship called, let's see, it was called the Rosalie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was in the London Times in 1840 that it got lost in this Sargasso Sea and they never found it again. Sorry, it got lost in the sea. It, they did find the ship, but no people. They all jumped overboard. Uh, I don't know. And it's just so similar to the same thing in 1881, which was like 40 some years later, which was when the Ellen Austin found that ship with nobody on board. Yeah. Right. There's also some other, how do you say that, Connemara 4 that was floating without anyone else on it in 1955. And that was about around 140 miles from Bermuda. And they keep thinking, so they blame it on a lot of things, but they think it's actually probably this, they got stuck Mm -hmm. for way too long and maybe tried to figure out a way to get out on the smaller boat, possibly. And they just didn't make it. And they couldn't take much. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. But also, I think I talked about in the other episode that this kelp kelpy mm-hmm. sargassum it when it's all piled up it yeah. can create it's like a rotten eggy smell yeah and it causes this the fumes to come up which can make people sick right so they can feel lightheaded like vomiting like have all kinds of they can pass out i mean i think if it were no wind and it were dense enough mm-hmm. like it could be that people just got sick got sick yeah You know, and maybe as more and more people got sick or they, I don't know, just threw them overboard or something. Yeah, well, and I think they didn't know what it was. I mean, imagine back then. They're like, it's a monster. Or they're like, it's some sort of 
bubonic plague situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we got to get rid of these people because they're going to spread the sickness when actually it was just coming from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Or they drank seawater. Or they, yeah. And they went crazy. Maybe. Jumped off. Might be. So, so that's a, that is one of the more likely scenarios for some of these abandoned ship scenarios, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Could have been that. Could have been. Could have been. The blob got him. <laughs> so finally, let's listen to, let's listen to some words of wisdom from NOAA. The National Oceanic Administration. I hate that name of... I know. Yeah. It's really difficult to we remember know the Noah's. order. Well, no, we also, we also know a NOAA. Yeah. yeah. They say that environmental considerations pretty much explain everything and most of the disappearances that the majority of the Atlantic tropical storms and hurricanes pass through the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. And in the days prior to improved weather forecasting, these dangerous storms have taken a lot of ships down. Yeah. A lot of them they have found... These are the ones that just disappeared and they never found what sure. trains in the, but also the Gulf Stream can cause like really rapid weather changes and it can get crazy. Also, there's large, there are a large number of islands in the Caribbean sea creates like a lot of these shallow waters that can be hard for the old ships to navigate or even ships now. Yeah. And they can get stuck. The U.S. Navy and Coast Guard say there's nothing supernatural going on here. People just Avert your simmer eyes. down. <laughs> <laughs> look away <laughs> look away there's no aliens there's no ufos there's yeah yeah and so they say that it's combined like i said earlier forces of nature or human malfunction malfunctions yeah or... fallibility there you go so they also say that no official maps they're just like this doesn't exist it's not a thing it's an urban legend just drop it already mm -hmm. okay so that's and that's the end of that. There is no evidence that mysterious disappearances occur with any greater frequency in the Bermuda Triangle than in any other large, well-traveled area of the ocean, except for in December. Period. <laughs> but don't go there in December. But still, <laughs> but still, it's fine. It was Friday thirteenth. <laughs> uh, I mean, is there anything to prove that Friday thirteenth is like a thing? I no, it's just a mental thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much what they're saying. They're like, listen. It's all in your thing. head. It's not a thing. It's like when you go to the doctor and you're like, I'm in a lot of pain. And they're like, it's all in your head. Go take a vacation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. So, organization to support. Yes. I think, it, I mean, it's kind of hard to find something here. But I was Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah. So, I decided to, we should support a different triangle, which is the Coral Triangle. Yeah, that's nice. So, the Conservation International has the Coral Triangle Initiative. Ooh. And they started this in, or they're like a partner. They partnered with mm -hmm. this in 2007. They work with governments, communities, other stakeholders to help them with this because it's a huge area. And so a little write-up was following the first guiding principle of the Coral Triangle Initiative is to support people-centered biodiversity, conservation, sustainable development, poverty reduction, and equitable benefit sharing. And their focus is working on uh, working with people to sustainably manage marine ecosystems so they can support their well-being hmm. now and into the future. Because a lot of fishermen are out there. I mean, people need to live, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to find ways to make it work for everybody. And they said, our guidance has been requested by partners, communities, and governments, allowing us to work across sectors at all levels by connecting the efforts in country 
to a wider region, we are ensuring that successes are amplified, creating momentum from the ground up for changes that last. Hmm. So you can go to their website. That's nice. Yeah, it's huge. I, I've seen and read about this, you know, just working with toitles. Toitles? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, totals go in there. There's turtles yeah, there. For sure. Oh, yeah. There's turtles in the Bermuda Triangle. They're like, what's the big deal? <laughs> they just like get sucked here. into a vortex and spit back out. <laughs> they don't even know. They're like, this is great. <laughs> They're like, this is, was I gone for a year? I don't even know. Don't care. No one knows. Atlantis That's is beautiful. actually where turtles go. In, this, <laughs> where the years in the missing science, years yeah, yeah scientists are like we don't know what happened and they went to the bermuda triangle <laughs> they went to uh, they went to atlantis yeah that's where they lived for the first 10 they years had a of little, their life a little vacay yeah that's why they're so magical i love it so that's it megan that's great that's so great megan yes jen so if you're going to go to the bermuda <laughs> triangle if you're going to go visit florida and you decide to go like you know head out on mm-hmm. a on a mm-hmm. boat of some sort yeah or yeah. a flight. Yeah, sure. W- what are you going to take with you? Listen, Jen, I'm going to take the rock with me. I'm going <laughs> to take Dwayne Abs- Johnson. <laughs> Absolutely. Me. I mean... Because he was in that movie. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, I I can't say that I've ever seen anything that he's been in that I'm like, that I don't like that you him. don't like. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would even go so far as to say that I would watch some wrestling with the rock in it because <laughs> he's just a funny guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think I would bring the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, the Rock with me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> because he was great in that movie, and, and he sang in Moana, and he sang in Moana, and he, was he like rapped. I love the story where he's like, "My daughter doesn't believe that's me. I did the whole rap for her, right. and she still was like, Nope, you're not as good <laughs> as Maui.' <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's what I would do." I would bring that. I like it. <laughs> Is that even something you can put in the emergency preparedness you kit? You just, I mean, I did watch all of the, or uh, what are the two movies uh, where they, Juman, uh, Jumanji. Jumanji? Yeah. Oh. Those are fun. So good. Yeah. I, li- I like so the first good. one a little better, but yeah. 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 Totally. But the second one has uh, Danny DeVito in it, yeah, which is so pretty funny. It is good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what, I think that's what I would do. Just, we're just going to name this episode. The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> A.K.A. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> How does he even say Dwayne Johnson, A.K.A. The Rock? I don't yeah. know. What, what are they? I feel like everybody knows The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Which way does it go? I think it probably starts with his real name and then Maybe. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah. Um, A.K.A. Maui. A.K.A. Maui. <laughs> That'll be the whole. It'll just be A.K.A. 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 Uh, I love it. Yeah. Good call. Um, I think he'd be into it. Yeah, I think he'd totally. It's fine. He seems like a person you'd want to bring on any kind of adventure. Especially an urban legend, Marina Triangle adventure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Cool. Thanks right. for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I, I certainly did. Thank you so much for sharing, Jen. Well, you're welcome. Next episode, quicksand. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or or vampires. I don't know. Yeah, we need to do... We'll probably do something uh, more Spoo- Halloween-y. Like halloween Yeah. yeah. Halloween Let's do it. time. It's coming. It's coming up real soon. It is. We got all our decorations out. We're ready to roll. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it. And then we had that mini typhoon. And then I couldn't put up the decorations because we're going to have the typhoon. We put ours up, had to take them down, and I put them back out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm still like, uh, I'm going to put them out. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right. Anyway, thank you so much, Jen. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by the talented and super nice guy, Jonathan Pillsbury. Thank you, Jonathan. Yay. Yay. 
Uh, all of this is possible because of an amazing group of Nature Nerd patrons. If you would like to be part of our super cool nerd community on Patreon, just go to our website at you're gonna die out there.com or you can check our link tree on our Instagram page, which is kind of amazing. It is. I'm sorry. But it is. Uh, another way you can support is by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you do, Jen will send you a really kick ass sticker. You just have to send us your mailing address. I will do it. If I forget, hey, if you left us a review and I didn't send you a sticker, send us an email. Let me know. Just let me know. Uh, Also, we would love to hear from you. We get a lot of our stories from listener suggestions. A lot. We kind of steal them. All the time. Yeah. Um, Because they're so good. So if you would like to do that, go to our website. We have a contact page at you're going to die out there.com or an email. You're going to die out there at gmail.com. And at the beginning of the episode, we give you a shout out. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye.